Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. In 2012, Patrick Morales, the rapper known as Wiki, shared his first song, Wiki Speaks. He was 18 years old and sounded like a Dick Tracy villain weaned on classic underground rap from his hometown of New York City. The track took off online and soon Wiki and his group Racking, formed with fellow vocalist Hack and producer Sporting Life, with a toast of NYC hip-hop. They signed to Wexel Recordings, toured the world, and even covered The Fader, all on the strength of their sound, at once experimental and as grimy and timeless as a park bench covered in pigeon shit. Then in 2016, the group disbanded, and Wiki was left to continue finding his voice solo. After dropping No Mountains in Manhattan in 2017 and leaving XL Recordings, Wiki formed his own label, Wixet Enterprise, for 2019's LP Ufi. 2021 has already seen the release of Telephone Booth, an energetic and underrated LP with producer Na that pushes the boundaries of Wiki's sound. And on October 1, he'll share Half God, a new album produced entirely by Navy Blue, a fast-rising young artist from Los Angeles. The latest tracks find Wookie comfortably balancing his reflective streak with braggadocio, building compelling music around his passions and fears. With Navy Blue's dusty, sampled loops as companions, Wookie has all the hallmarks of a rapper who's determined to reintroduce himself. A few days before the album's release, The Fader's Jordan Darville spoke with Wookie about songwriting, gentrification, and coming into his own as an artist. Listening to this album front to back, it feels like you're making an effort to reintroduce yourself. Each different side of yourself as a rapper, you sound very invested in and that you have like a certain degree of clarity in who you are and the different facets that you excel at that perhaps isn't present on previous projects. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit more honed in in terms of like, like I feel like I'm a, I'm a great writer, I'm a great rapper, but it's like, and so it's like, yeah, anything I do, it's like, I'm not going to put out something that's bad, but it's like, is it the most refined version of what, you know what I'm saying? And when I mean bad, I mean, maybe you think it's bad, but I'm saying, you know, it's not going to be like a whack flow. It's not going to be like, it's going to be like, all right, this is good. But what is like, yeah, what is that level you want to get where it's like really fully refined? And it's like with hip hop, I think in rap, it can be such a free thing and open thing where it's like, you have that skill set, you just go with it and do it. But to take that time and and really like refine it but then kind of in an organic way at the same time like it, it's something you can't really you know it's why i feel like in hip-hop it'll be like whoa you know you'll hear an album and you'll be like this oh he's on right now he's in, or she's in her bag right now you know what i mean it's just kind of like this feeling in this moment but at the same time it it, it, it don't get it twisted it's also about like people you know it's like the work put in and the, like the time and effort to like really hone it down and like cut off all the fat and all that so it sounds like you had a certain structure in mind for this particular project before you went in it. Is that fair to say, or did it come to you as you were working on it? The structure itself, I would say, kind of came together as we made it, but it's more the fact that we did it with Navy Blue, and that was the plan from the jump. So that alone kind of gave the structure it needed in terms of like, well, one, the production is all coming from one person. So it's like, kind of living in the same world but then like once you have that it's like gives it a nice cohesiveness already you know what i mean so then as a writer i can kind of just be a little bit more free in terms of what i want to write about and then like when those chances come to like oh this can kind of work towards this theme and work towards that theme and then it kind of like 
builds upon each other. I feel like in the, the beginning of an album process, you're more making music. You know, you're like, and then from that, you're like, I, w- what do we need now kind of thing? And then more ideas sprout out of that. You know what I mean? So I think the structure and the cohesiveness, a lot of it comes from just the fact that one, we did it in a short amount of time. So it's like, we were just really focused on it. And I, in terms of writing, I like wrote most of it in a, like a month. Also just being working with Sage and like meeting up with him and like that whole process just kind of gave it that structure that I think it needed and that some of my previous projects don't have, I feel like. Talk a little bit more about uh, coming into Navy Blues world. The style of the production on the album, like it doesn't stick to one tone necessarily. Like there are psychedelic moments, there are soulful moments. He has a vast range as a producer. There's definitely a cohesiveness that comes with working with one producer. So talk a little bit more about working with him specifically and, and, and how it came together. That's the thing. It's not just that simple as if it was like, oh, just work with one producer. It's, it also has to do with Navy Blue himself. The first one we did was the Earl one. And then besides that, we also did early, we did Roof. My roof is my favorite, my only kind of entertainment. My own private vacation, hyper when the light graced him. From the sun when he waited with the right patience. I'm writing and I'm pacing. Looking at the cityscape, is it a simulation? In the middle of the city in isolation Some see it solely for the taking See the only course to take to make it better for I'm gone and wasted Didn't play GTA up the block and in the park where I was playing At the monument where I was skating Spitting the hardest shit at every party's how I made my way in Don't be your high and mighty, I watch what you saying There was this certain classic essence The type of joints I, I fell in love with hip-hop in the first place kind of thing It, it brought that, me back to that a little bit and in a nostalgic way but then at the same time like not in like a oh we're just doing old type joints you know what I mean but it's like there was this certain like it's not even about it sounding old it's more like I don't know it's just certain classic feeling like just one of those jams like some De La type thing or some Fuji's type so you know it just like brought me back to that and I felt like damn this is what people been wanting to hear me rap on my whole life and this is the type of joints I grew up rapping on in a way but then like a little bit more I'm not the best with musical language, so it's like hard for me to understand exactly what it is. But there's certain shit you hear and you're like, all right, cool. That's like an old type beat. Cool. That sounds cool. But then there's certain things where it's like has that essence, but it's not just mimicking it. You know what I mean? But but it's still like has that certain element to it that that uh, brings that nostalgia back. And for me, a lot of those these beats brought that to me and it kind of like just brought it out of me. I was I was listening to uh, Still Here. You know, you've always had a, a specific capacity for melody, which is very unique to you. But it was on that song specifically where I was like, oh, shit, this is like a very New York rap style melody that he's that he's doing. Like it wasn't a direct reference to a specific song, I don't believe. But it was it was something that I found very unique to, to the region that you were channeling. And yeah, like you said, it, it's it's something that I've definitely felt throughout the career that you've certainly had the capacity to do, but perhaps not something you've dipped your toes in until now. You know, with melody and within rap is like 
such a big part of what I do. And it's like, especially my influences. I've always been like, I want to like come out and do like, yeah, the hook like this. Or like, you know, really like tap in a little bit more. I kind of felt the confidence to do it on this joint. But in the past, you hear like, it's like, you know, the influences like most, there's most deaf, there's Lauren Hill, these people that are like, they're not a sing singer rapper. They're a rapper first and foremost, but they could sing. You got what I mean? Like most you'll hear it in his raps, you know what I mean? But it's not like this R&B dude who raps. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, to me, I always look towards that because I'm a musical guy and I love the melodies. And even with like the beats, I always love when, I love hard beats, that's just the drums. But I like when there's like a nice, with something nice to get the feeling out of and get the, the melody out of. But for this record, I've just felt a lot more confident in myself. And that's like, goes into like trying a lot of, trying some more of those things out, like in terms of just like singing, going for it. And even like what I was talking about, I, I like the point you made about how I, I never really thought about that, that singing in that way. That is like a very New York, that certain era of hip hop where it was like, whether it's like De La or I, I was saying the Fugees, like stuff like that. And and like that, that shit too, like I feel like still here is a song where it's not me just flexing like I'm nice. It's like I'm writing, I wrote a song, but it's like. The bars are still up there. That's like a Lauren Hill type joint to me. You know what I mean? Where the way she can make a song and you're like, it's not just for the sake of rapping for you. It's like, I'm telling you some shit right now or I'm telling you a story or I'm like, you know, writing a song. And to me, that's dope. It's like honing it really down, like to, you know what I mean? To the highest degree, the highest level, but without losing the essence of hip hop whatsoever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like on previous releases, especially starting with Ufi, you started to get more and more reflective about your place in hip hop, especially. And I think on this album, you found a balance between this soul searching, um, but really barring up and creating the hardest lyrics that you can. I was talking to someone earlier in the year when I actually first was in LA. That's like when I first made the Earl one. And that was kind of what set the started the whole snowball effect that turned into the record. So when I was out there, I remember someone telling me like, they were like, oh, Dick Wick, everyone knows you're nice. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to flex. You don't just like, you need to simplify more. And, and I'm like, nah, I, I come from hip hop. I'm a rapper. This is like my life. And, and, and more and more, I'm like, no, I want to flex. I want to be the best MC I can be. I'm not trying to like dumb down my shit. If you hear this record, it's like those things. Even Wick the God, to me, it's like get, getting my confidence up and being like, nah, what's up? Like, even my friend was saying like, uh... Wiki Speaks, he's like, bro, Wick the God reminds, I don't know if you know Wiki Speaks, that's like on one of my first songs. So he's like, dude, it reminds you of Wiki Speaks, you just like getting it off and you hear it and it's just like nonstop bars. And I was like, it's kind of ill because Wiki Speaks, I'm like self-deprecating, I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. It's like that teenage angst and I'm through that, I'm getting it all off. But then Wick the God, it's kind of the other side of the coin and it's like, from a more positive perspective of like, oh wait, I found myself and it's like, what's up, now I'm here. But then same sentiment, like I'm getting it the fuck off. Yeah, I have that as my like centerpiece of the album. That's kind of the song that I really wanted to hear from you. You getting in your bag in that degree. It's like what Jay-Z said, like we need to hit the, the ants with the sledgehammer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it has to be un Fuck with it. Like, no one's saying nothing to that. It's sick. Like, I've been, I got to play that record. Navy brought me out to uh, play a couple songs, and I did like the ones that are out, but then I played that record, and it was like, you know what I mean? It was like nice to just come out and rap that shit, because I haven't been rapped in like two years live. And then it was like one of those ones, like, everyone was just like, oh shit. Like, once that hook hits to like bread them with like the faces are getting scrunched, you know what I mean? Like, Let me put you on. 
Bless him with flames, dip him in ice water, bread him with pain. Wick the guard, the sun won't set on his reign. Can't just give him a nice talking, might start barking. Maybe little thunder, lightning storm, wet him with rain. If you gon' start getting light on my offerings, feel like you giving too much neck. Start neglecting my praise, send a display. Wick the God, end of the day. Address me by my name if you want to get you some game. Show the lot of y'all. What you know today, though, and y'all still looking at me sideways. Something that I really have followed throughout your career and really appreciated is just how specific you get when you rap about sex and love. You can get self-deprecating. You can get emotional in a way that I feel like a lot of rappers don't. You really like bring the listener into the specifics of what the relationship or the sexual encounter are. Is that more difficult for you to write just getting into such a, a raw and intimate part of your life for me honestly that's like i could just do that i would just write like shorty joints not like shorty joints but like here's the thing it's like writing for me is my way to like it's my it's like kind of what i said on promise i said the only way i could be honest the only place i could keep my promise to me it's like that's the place on record where it's like I could go, I I can get as deep and I and I love that and I feel you. It's like something that people are like, wait, why would you put yourself out there like that? But I'm like, bro, this is the place to put yourself out there. Like this is where it's like, you know, what I mean, it's your art at the end of the day. So it's like I I love like getting t tapped into my emotions and getting deep. I love that too, like the specifics of sex too, because it's like it can be weird. Sex can be weird. Sex can be awkward. Sex can be, you know what I mean? It can be whatever. And I think like by talking about it it's like makes people you know how many people think that they're like the one person that you know it's just like puts you it's like yeah this is some real shit like it's just relatable it's like sometimes you're the king of the world and you're like damn i'm going you know and sometimes you're not you know when someone's like talking about some real sex or some real thing like them things where it's not just like oh, i just put dick up in the ribs or whatever you know what i mean like you know the ones where it's like oh wait this is some real shit so i, I like that because i think it connects to people and, it, and like you said it draws them in and it's like it, to me, it's like a movie or some shit. It's like you got to keep the, the rawness in too. Another rapper who did that uh, to perfection was DMX. Exactly. I was going to say DMX. Of course, he passed away earlier this year and as well as uh, MF Doom. And I know both of those rappers influenced you heavily. I was wondering if their passing changed how reflective you got on on the record because as as we discussed there's definitely a shift on half god in the way that you approach reflecting on on your life and your career and i was wondering if the passing of those two artists influenced that at all it definitely influenced it i think that it was a mix of that and just pandemic and quarantine and everything going on doom especially too because it was like we found out on new year's and it was like this weird time and it was a weird time in my life. I remember I was at my homie's office, Cliff. I was with a bunch of creative kids and I was like, yo, this is like, we gotta do this. You know what I mean? Like in the spirit of doom, that's like the perfect example of like, it never got corrupted. You know what I mean? Like what doom did, it never got like fucked with. It just like remained true. And I think that's so important, but then it, at the same time it's so influential and so iconic and to me that's something that's important that you know it's like some people can be like oh i just do art for whatever i'm like no I, there's certain thing in hip-hop you want to lay down you want to lay down your shit you know what i mean you want to like prove yourself or you want to create your lane or whatever so it's like i think doom like did that in the illest way and then also the influence on like world building just like that idea of like creating his own world and his own story it's like what wu-tang did you know what i mean and i do that all the time 
with the imagery and just like it's like being a little kid you're using your imagination and you're fucking just going for it and then with dmx is certain thing where it's like that's the last of a certain type of like and i i miss that type of mc where it's like even the most gangster rapper or whatever then like once the industry gets they're like this nice guy everyone's has to be like the friendly guy media guy you know it's like the, when when was this like that raw emotion that raw like nah i'm literally selling the most records but i'm not like the friendly guy you know what i mean and you know him like we said he'd be crying on the record he'll be like the way he he brought his emotion into his music was something that is like so influential to me but then also i think to like a lot of artists because dmx was so hardcore that it was like when he was doing it no one could be like whoa that's weird or that's soft or something you know what i mean it's like no one's questioning that so it's like he kind of lets you know did quarantine help or hurt in terms of you getting your life together? It definitely helped. It was like a horrible time. And obviously so many people were affected by it. But in terms of like mentally for me specifically, I had that time to figure out my life. And like also like I got to get my health together a little bit more. And you know what I mean? That helps with your mental. It all it all connects. And I think that helped. Like I chilled out on drinking. That helped with my clearing my head too. And like. Really being able to hone in on writing, I think it definitely helped. So overall, it was like a something I needed, whether it was quarantine or not, just like a break to to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go in. Honestly, I owe a lot to Navy too, because he really, and I was in a place where I was like really had, I didn't feel inspired and I was just like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I'm just doing this because I do this and this is all I know how to do. But when I was out in LA, he like, made sure I pulled up to Al's crib, you know, like a uh, studio, you know, it was like, pull up, pull up. He like made sure we got the record off with Earl. Like I can be a little bit not so confident. So I'm like, oh yeah, you're, they're doing their thing. They're killing it, but oh, they don't mess with me. But then he always showed me love and showed me respect. And to have that mutual respect is like so important. And it's just like, you know, just to not have any ego in the room. And it's just like all for the, you know, he's always been like, yo, this is your record. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it your record. Like, it's been really helpful for me and it's like helped my confidence and just even that, like that whole process, I feel like that's so important. It's just about being confident in who you are and like if you're confident in who you are, no matter what you do, you're not going to feel weird and insecure about it. And then you can follow your path and make your art and you're not overthinking it. But then actually that's the funniest part because then that's like the stuff that connects the most and that's like the best stuff you'll make as long as you don't get like caught up in it, you know? I wanted to know if the certain hurdles that you've faced in key moments in your career, you know, you've got the dissolution of Rat King when it was at its peak, the secret circle breaking up, and then of course, Oofy dropping just before COVID. Have these hurdles taught you anything about your career and how you approach it? I mean, yeah, I think that and dealing with labels and all, everything that I've been through has taught me so much. I think like whether it's the dependability want people, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you need to be able to hold yourself down. And and that that's based on holding relationships down too. You know, if I can't make the whole record myself in my bedroom, then I need to like facilitate certain things. And that's like, that's really important. And I'll be talking to my youngins, my homies, like trying to put them on sometimes that same sentiment. I'm like, bro, you got to like learn how to play the game a little bit. Like, you know, learn how to be respectable and create relationships where you're helping people out and you're not just trying to get stuff with people. To me, I'm just looking towards the future and I'm I'm happy that I had that time to like I used to think about it like, yo, damn, my peak when it was like, you know how you come out depressed, oh shit, da da da. Your peak, oh my peak is like up. I like ran that up. But then I realized like, dude, 
nah, like this is a whole new chapter. Like this is like, could be my first rep. To me, this is like my first album, but it's like, obviously not. You know, when people say that this is my first album, I'm not trying to be on some dumb, like, oh, this is my first album. I'm recreating. My, nah, I know there's other wicked, but at least in this chapter, I don't feel, if you never heard none of my music before, cool. Start with this record. Great. I used to be like, no, they need to hear this and they need to, oh, they don't know about this stuff. That. I don't care. They can discover that on their own time. Like, you know what I mean? I'm happy to have the Droog record that's only on SoundCloud that people can't hit. Whatever. You know what I mean? It's cool. But this is my new thing. And all that stuff before was just school to me. It's like, I'm blessed to have been able to not have popped. I'm like, now I look at it the opposite. I'm like, thank God I didn't flare up in that time and become like so, you know what I mean? Get a, you know, like that shit when you're young or even 23, whatever. If I had, and I know in myself at that time too, I would have probably gone nuts and like it wouldn't have been good so it's like i'm happy i got to have that time to grow and learn so also like for anyone else listening it's like bro obviously be able to sustain yourself don't be delusional but at the same time your time is never done you know what i mean it's like i even said like bro jay dropped when he was what 26 or something imagine if hove dropped when he was rapping all quick and crazy like it would have been weird you know what i mean it's like he honed it in and and look where he's at it's like you never really know you know they need to get told what's hot Went from 100 degrees in the summer to the coldest block Y'all save up all your cheese, waiting for clothes to dry 100 G's waiting for me at the loaded dock I consider you a queen, whether you know or not Cause I'm the king, I don't give a fuck if I'm bold or not I bring roadblocks, your whole show stop So no remorse to those that let me out the ride Thought I would fly, shit, you must be out your mind Thought you got the best of me, but the rest of me was next I love everything that you said about how you view your catalog and how this album is to a certain degree a starting point for you. But I really do want to talk about Telephone Booth, which for me made me appreciate this album more because it's so different. Um, it's a much more experimental record in terms of the beat selection. The rhythms that you're using in your flows are different. Than, than what you choose to do on Half God. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about creating that record and whether or not what you did there informed Half God. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that was like the element of like where I was like, I freed myself from the idea of like, all right, I need to prove myself on every record and da da I was like, all right, I'm going to make some some cool shit with my friend that sent me some like dope beats that are like weird. And, and, and you know what I mean? And like with him, he was like, oh, Everything needs to stay the length that I sent them. So I was like, I, I had that weird restriction of like, I had to only write a short amount, like short joints. And like, it kind of was like, that was that, like what I said, that first step of like, all right. But I wasn't really fully like invested as much as I, as I was on Half God maybe. And it was like, with Ufi, it was more like, I'm throwing this together. I, I got, I got a lot of those stuff sitting around, but it wasn't like, Telephone booth was like, all right, this is like a piece of art. It's like, it doesn't, not everything has to be for everybody. You know what I mean? And it's like, that was like, it's, it's important because even now I'm starting to feel like now that the rollout's coming with Half God, I'm like, shit, like, ooh, what's next? Like, but I'm like, let me not get into that zone. Let me be like, all right, whatever cool idea, because I have a bunch of ideas. Let me execute an idea and then figure it out. And then whatever comes next, will be, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I like those things in, in people's careers. It's like, there can be a period of like dope art. And then there can be a period where there's an album that's like really stands out. Yeah, like, so I think Telephone Booth was that starting 
period for me that I needed, you know, and I, and it was really important for me. And it was like, once the Sage start, stuff started coming in, I was like, you know, I remember being like, everyone was like, oh, telephone booth sick. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. You know what I mean? Because I knew what was coming, but it was definitely important that that project for me. And I think like, I'm happy I got to do that before I have got to just to like, I kind of like, it kind of threw him a curveball a little bit too. You know what I mean? Now they really don't know what to expect. You spoke about world building previously and on Half God, you have a song, The Business, which gets really literal with the specifics of gentrification and how it builds that world. Every time you try to colonize, buy in front of bougie boutique instead of front of guys. Bring the people that have been popularized, can't popularize the place, had to go to make LA, put them all inside, or they see a dollar sign. And other out of town is so you feel safe when you out at night. Cause you homesick, what about that cat you make? Homeless shit out of line, almost feels like global warming, I'll be out of time. Almost feel like blowing up this whole shit out of spite. Wait, what you out your mind? I don't doubt it, but I ain't about the crime. I'm just trying to give them signs that I know to get the fuck off out this town of mine. Talk to me a little bit about why it was important for you to address that on this record, especially one with so many references and inspirations drawn from New York City. Yeah, I mean, I think this was probably the longest period I was in the city since like high school or something, just because of touring, literally. Like, you know what I mean? I hadn't been in New York that long for so, so long. So it's like, I really felt like I was back. Then I was in this period where I was in a, I was in an apartment that the neighbors kind of scapegoated me and my roommate. And it was like a whole thing. You know, it's like very basic, like just go knock on my door and be like, yo, what's up? Like turn it down so that I'll turn it down. And then I won't realize that I'm disturbing you. And then it won't be a whole weird complaint thing of like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. But just that idea, that lack of community. I'm like, bro, like I'm right down the hall. So that that had a lot to do with it. But then at the same time, once I kind of started writing, it's like, you know, like you have an idea, a spark, and then I start writing it. And once you write, start writing with it, it's just like goes from there. And I was like, oh, this this beat has the perfect, like, that's probably the most like left field beat on the record. I would say that and maybe like ego death or something. But it's like, I don't know, that beat is hard, but, but whatever. So the point is like, I just thought it was important to talk about it. And, it, and I think like, especially with, there was this period in quarantine where everyone left, it highlight, it made it like feel even more when everyone came back. So I feel like that, that was a big part about it. Cause it was like, when everyone left, it was kind of nice in a, in a way, cause it was all locals pretty much, not only locals. It's, and that's the other thing. Let me make this clear. Like I don't got no problem with out of towners. And that's what I said on the end of the, the skit on the end. It's like, it's about the way you approach it. And it's about realizing that this is where people live at the same time. And this is like people's community. Yeah. And there's certain traditions and certain things that are in the neighborhood that it's like, you can't come and just expect it to be your thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you just like how, if I go move into like some random town somewhere, I can't just be going nuts. Like I need to like be like, all right, what's good with this town? You get what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So, and that's all I mean. Cause I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, it's the city. So it's just like, they can run around, whatever. But the whole point is, is like when when that came back, it was like so much. Once New York kind of opened, started opening up again, it was like so hectic, and it was like everyone was like, "We're back in the city, New York's back." It was mad funny that whole New York's back. Everyone was like, "Oh shit, nah, nope." Like New York's not back. This is bad. You know what I mean? Like it was like the total opposite thing. Like we were like, and then also the city got crazy. It's been really like turned up. The crimes going up, whatever. So there's a lot going on. It's just high energy, but. 
to me, this record, it's like about, th- it's really personal, but then it's about like New York in, especially in this time, specifically. And the, the way like people were like, oh, so it goes is like, it showed, it's like what New York was at this time or Wiki 93 shows what it's like growing up in the city at this time. I feel like this sh- kind of is very specific to this time in New York. And then the last thing is like, I think it's like kind of an ode to hip hop. There's a lot of like references to so many different things. It's kind of a nod to all the influences and the culture in general, but I think the whole record, but I'm saying I I had to have that thing. And then once I started writing it, of course my head thinks, oh, is this like corny, like the gentrification song, you know? It's been done dope for sure. Cause I know like some Cuddy records where they, they do it ill, but it's like, it can it can go towards that way where you're like getting preachy or like, but for me, I was like, I want it. It's a jam. It's a bop, and it's like a certain feeling. And it's like every time I play that for a New Yorker, like bro, their face, it's like they're like whoa. And that that speaks to anyone that lives anywhere in any city where that's happening. You know what I mean? They can relate to that on their level. I think it was important for the record to have that piece. And finally, I wanted to ask you about the title of the album, Half God. It sounded like a reference to the melting pot living in New York City and the different cultures and experiences that one has in, in such a vibrant place. So I was wondering if it was a reference to that or if it was uh, something else. That is like definitely a big part of it. And I think like with the titles, I'm not the best with the titles. Actually, I'm gonna have to say where it's due, like the homie Theo. And it's because I said Half God on the record, but I'm not even talking about myself. I was talking about on Tr- New Truth. So I'm like, talking about my kids. I'm like, all of them will be half God like Hercules. So it's not even, once he said, he was like, half God, that's hard. Then, you know, it's like, you hear that and you're like, that's sick. And then you start thinking about what what does that mean? You know what I mean? And that was one of the later ones I realized. But then like, someone's like, half God, it's kind of like the mutt, like you're the mutt, like half God. And then it's also like, like what you were saying, that mix. And, but then it's also like that duality in general, just like even on the cover, there's like one of the things on the cover, it's like, a statue of her I just like drew a statue of Hercules. I just looked the shit up on Google Images. And it's like Hercules is all drunk. I think he's like drunk and he's like holding his dick and all. And it's like this brolic, basically half God or demigod. And he's like, but he's a human too, right? He's it's Hercules. It's like we still know his name today. But he was drunk and holding his little fucking shriveled up schmeat because he was like probably off too much shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I think that's real. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. It's like, that's a big part about it too. But it, I like that you, the first thing you thought it was that New York. I hate when it's like a title. It's like New York, New York. It's like, how do you find something that's like, it is some New York shit, but it's not. It's definitely hip hop too. There's a certain classic hip hopness to the title, which is like, the album is hip. That, that's the other thing. The, the album is me going back to my roots of like what I love, you know? And that's what I mean too. When I mean, it's an ode. And it's like, at the end of the day, I give it up for the culture. And I, I'm just a, I'm a missionary. It's not even a missionary because I don't even need to convert people. It's just like people that know. I'm not really like the Catholics with it. You know, I'm more like Jewish with it. You know, they don't really be, they don't really be like trying to get all the people involved. They just do their thing. Keep it the chosen, the chosen ones. Now, nah, nah, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? So realizing that's what it's about. And that's what I give it up to at the end of the day. It's not about me at the end of the day. It's about the culture. And it's like, how can I play my role to like, hold it down in the culture and it's about the community because the community's a direct connect to the culture and that's what keeps hip that's what makes hip-hop hip-hop and not some other genre so it's like that's what i care about and that's what i'm like trying to figure out what to keep doing in my life as long as i got that i feel like the music will be all right all right we'll leave it there wiki thank you so much for this conversation take care have a good one that was wiki talking to the faders jordan darville wiki's new album 
Half God is out this Friday, October 1, via Wixet Enterprise. Our engineer is Tony Giambroni, and our associate producer is Salvatore Mackey. We'd like to thank Loughton Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. Remember to follow The Fader interview wherever you listen to podcasts, and keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Fader interview. Goodbye until then.